coming to you with our dreams of spring. But it's the brutal, frigid reality of winter. It's the queer-centric and queers Johnny. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Queer Centric. Uh, we have so much fun in here. We released some new videos, so if you didn't see them, go to our socials. Uh, we like to give just pick out fun moments, and so you can see how much fun we have in studio. And it's going to be even more fun today with our amazing guests who are in here. And uh, before I bring you all in, we're going to do some quick announcements. Remember, uh, we are like three weeks away. Anytime I say this number, I freak out. I have panic attacks. It's not okay. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning, every morning. But the live show, February 25th, right here at the Downtown Library. Uh, doors open at 6.30, shows from 7 to 9. And it's catered, people. There's food. So that's enough. Someone told me you should have led with that. There you go. It's going to be a great night. It's going to be all about entertainment. There's a musical number. I open the night with a, listen, a surprise. A surprise that's coming for you. Uh, we're talking, we have comedians on board. We have uh, film critics. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Oscars. And so please mark your calendars. It's free to you. We've taken care of everything. You just show up, scream loud, and have an amazing time. So please uh, visit our website. That's uh, thecoursecentric.com for more information. But show up on Saturday, February 25th at 6.30, and let's come together as a community. We're working hard for you, and I'm really excited to celebrate that day. Also, remember that the SANS Spokane AIDS Network is doing their big Red Ribbon Gala. It's the largest, uh, their largest um, fundraiser of the year is coming, and I am going to host that with the incomparable Nova Kane, and that is going to be on March 12th. That will be at the wonderful new speakeasy down at the casino, um, and so it's, it's, it's a great venue. Buy your tickets now. Uh, show up, and Nova and I promise to be uh, extra entertaining. How could we not be? Uh, someone said, with both of your personalities on stage, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we're, it's going to be like a supernova. Ah, Nova, supernova. See what I did there? You're good. So please come out to that. We also want to, you know, we have a group of comedy writers that we have uh, on the show all the time, part of, part of the show in the background, and we love to support independent artists in this town. So if you want to go support some of the artists you've seen on the show, the Comedy Roast with Added Salt, hosted by James May, is going to be on February 19th at 7.30. And of course, the one and only Anthony Singleton will be there as well. There is a $10 cover at the door, $100 cash prize. It's at Skipper's on Monroe. If you haven't experienced live comedy uh, in a fish restaurant, this is when you can do it. Because been there, it's so much fun. Um, last but not least, the website got a nice revamping. Thank you, Kurt. Um, and it's it, we unveiled it yesterday, I think. Uh, brand new. So go check out thequeercentric.com. There's also, there's so many things on there now. Uh, so go check out all that we do. Let me tell you, uh, this is, I don't just show up and there's a mic. We're exhausted. So, you know. Come on down and support us. But today's going to be a great show. And what we want to start with, my two friends who I've known for a little while, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. You introduce however you want. You, you can say what you do, or you can just say pronouns, whatever you want to do, however you choose to present yourself. Uh, this is your day. This is your moment. So let's start over here, Michaela. 
Um, I'm Michaela Daniels. I'm a writer and host on Saturday Night Cinema at KSPS. I'm also a arts commissioner for the Airway Heights uh, Arts Commission, and I'm a screenwriter, filmmaker, all the things. And um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, that's it. I don't know, what I, I don't love, know all the things. You said it right there. <laughs> Whenever you see independent artists out in the community, just understand it's all the things. Yeah, there is a lot under this umbrella. I'm really excited because we haven't been able to have you on a show before, and I've known you since back in the radio days. So yeah. I'm excited that you're on the mics with me now. We already had our own show uh, yeah. before yeah. and <laughs> such a great conversation. So we're going to continue that uh, into this hour. Um, but it's important to talk to our independent artists and speaking of independent artists, sir. It's <laughs> a pretty tough act to follow. I mean, <laughs> I'm just a meager artist. Just I a, just pay, that's it. <laughs> remember, demure, as uh, we discovered earlier. Yeah. Shy and demure. Love it, love it. Uh, but anyways, my name is Matt Schwenk. Uh, I'm a local artist. I do mixed media work. Um, and I don't do anything else. Uh, <laughs> That's enough. You, yeah. And constantly working on your art. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. It's a full-time job. I, um, I have a, a big following um, internationally now. And yeah, I, I work really hard at home and paint and send my work off. And, and they're beautiful. And they pray are... to God they make it to where they're going. <laughs> yeah, right? Before they're... the show, they got a full rant of me with my current shipping yeah, issues. <laughs> we, so we will be sending that to UPS. That's all, that's all we're saying. Yep, find other carriers, guys. But we can try sending it to UPS, but it, it might not get, get there. there. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's my... Pretty sure most of my clients would prefer a hand delivery. But, uh... <laughs> I think so. This is funny because I was showing uh, my day job boss uh, your work and we were in her office and she was so funny because she's like that work is beautiful where can I see more stuff and so I send her to your Instagram and she's like oh boy oh, he's a very handsome half naked man and then she saw she saw a picture of you and your three friends in Iceland uh, all of you naked the snow in the yes in the Vidi crater, yeah. Like, Holy shit, look at all that snow. Yeah. And all she could say was, I, I think I really do need his work. <laughs> this is the That's power funny. of media. You know, the art's what's important, but uh, my clever marketing ruses. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, you got to beat the algorithm now. Listen, so unfortunately, if uh -huh. you don't, if you have your top on, good luck. I know. No one's gonna, even the people that follow you are never going to see your work I know. anymore. It's I, I really know. sad. I'm fully clothed and everything, and like my right. engagement is like nothing. No, well, right, exactly. swimsuit season's no coming up. Come on. Do you know what I've decided? <laughs> I'm going to start showing my feet. I'm just going to do it. Oh I'm my just God. Gonna, I, my, my honestly, mom... My, yeah, my birth, I mean. my birth mom. Uh, I said to, she follows my Instagram as well, and um, one time there's like a picture of me with my feet out, and she's like, "Honey, it seems like people really like your feet." And I'm like, "Yeah, mom, thanks for the thanks for giving them to me." And she's like, "Well, honey, let's get you an OnlyFans, pop those right. kicks off, and make you some cash." Listen, <laughs> I've considered it. So I'm I gonna be real about there that. There are some. <laughs> like, yep. There are some days where I'm like, "Listen, if I could be a hooker, I'd be a hooker." Yeah. I'm just sex worker. Sorry, yeah. well, let me say, um, I'll do what I have to. Right? You just can't let people walk all over you, no pun intended. <laughs> exactly. And the, as for real, And then the, the thing about it is, uh, just so everybody, let's do a little Debbie Downer moment. And then I heard that they Ooh. have decided that it is going to be a recession this year. 
I heard all the financial people, and I'm like, good to know. Oh my goodness! So I better hurry up and like make sure my feet are pretty, get a right. pedicure, because you're gonna have to entry level eight ninety nine instead of nine ninety nine. Right? I you mean, know, you gotta seriously. be aggressive with your pricing. You gotta, yeah. You well, gotta I mean, that's it. the thing. Even in a recession, um, the the weed stores are gonna do fine, and any sort of sex work and, and porn and, and casinos, exactly. they're they're not affected by recessions at and all. This is what's happening. Didn't to hear our... any of those listed on your resume a moment ago? <laughs> I, they are not. <laughs> I know. Wait, she left. Things. She left that general all the things. Yeah. There, there, yeah. There we go. If I need to add those things, if in. it's in black and white, <laughs> right. it's art. Just black and white cam. It's art. Exactly. <laughs> so today's subject, I'm going to just kind of read the sentence that I send to you two, so that we know kind of because right now with this show in this new 2023, is we we go off of an idea instead of going off of news things, right? Even though if we know things happen in the news that relate, of course, we're going to talk about it. But I want to say I sent you guys a sentence that said, we will be talking about the importance of the arts to a society, what happens when we don't value and therefore don't fund the arts, and how celebrating the artist in all of us really helps us as humans. It's this very broad, but what's so funny is to think that we still have to have that conversation because we're still not funding the arts mm-hmm. to the amount that uh, we want. Now, you know, thankful that we have something called the National Endowment of the Arts that, the, that Congress does every year. And they have tried to increase it every year, and it's still not enough. Yeah. But let me tell you, if you add all of the salaries of professional sports, um, <laughs> don't worry. The money is there. Uh, yeah. It's just, just not for the arts. So. As we start this conversation, this broad conversation, obviously you're welcome to uh, put your thoughts down below. We want to hear what you think. But I want to start with a very personal thing. We are all artists in this room of some realm or another, right? How did the arts find us and begin to shape us? I want to start there. Oh, man. You know, I got to say, it, it's one of those things that, like, when we're kids, we love the arts, right? We, mm-hmm. we love oh, writing, yeah. art, you know, whatever the magic. it is. There, there's magic the in it. The handprint turkeys. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's something yes. that happens to us that I don't know if it's because we're not told that a career in the arts is a thing or Absolutely. or whatever it is where we, you know, at least for me, I, I lost it, you know, um, and probably somewhere around high school and it was more concerned about like what's a good career right yeah. like we need money you know all this other thing but I was miserable um until I I started going like what actually makes me happy and it's like oh it's you know it's film so here's the funny thing this is how I got into it in, into film and uh it's it's so weird so I had gone back to college. I'm in my 30s. I'm divorced with four kids. And I was working on um, medical assisting because I already had a medical background and everything. And so I I went through the program and I'm on my externship. And there's this guy and he's laying there um, because we're going to have to do like an EKG on him, but he needs to have his blood drawn first. Now, this dude had both his nipples pierced, and he had tons of tattoos, right? I My ta- kind of guy. <laughs> so it wasn't me. <laughs> it's not just you, um, but it wasn't you. So this guy, and he's laying there, and um, I, I draw his blood. I got the vein on the first time. Like, you know, it was a perfect blood draw, and he starts complaining. And he's like, ouch, it hurts. And I looked at him, and I wanted to say, dude, this needle is smaller <laughs> than the one they shoved through your nipple. Yes. But you can't say that to patients. <laughs> But for me, that was my light bulb moment of like, oh, I can technically do the job, yeah. but I don't like patients. 
And so if I don't like patients, I probably shouldn't be doing this. So I I was like, okay, I'll just continue on. I was at SEC at the time. I was like, I'll just go for the AA transfer, see what happens. And I took an intro to film course and my instructor, he's like, you know, you, you could actually do this as a job. And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. He's like, no, you can, you can actually right. do this as a job. And then I started doing independent studies. And so here I was, a 30-something divorce mom with four young kids who's like, oh, I'm going to switch from medical to film. Yeah. Which right? is like actually impossible to try <laughs> to get into. But I was like, no, I, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, I transferred to Eastern. And that was really, really hard um, being a student in the film program over there. Um but then I, I had a really good grad program that I went off to um, down in Los Angeles for screenwriting. And, and that program was super supportive. And they're very supportive. It's uh, Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting. And they're super supportive of um, underserved voices. And so that was the moment where I was like, oh, I, I am actually am a good writer. I can actually do these film things. Right. But it, you know, it kind of takes somebody believing in you for you to believe that you can be an artist. 100%. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're just totally. told all the time that it's not like a, it's not a real job, but right. guess what? During the pandemic, what was the first thing everybody turned to? Exactly. It was music. It was oh, yeah. art. It was TV. Guess what? Those are created by artists. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And they have exactly. to be. And we're taught what pragmatic, uh, ideals are. Pragmatic is uh, you're a starving artist. That's how you're labeled over here. I remember when I went, I felt guilty coming home. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming home from LA and feeling like is coming home a failure. Uh, And and I told myself, well, you're going to get a new job and you're going to learn to be an adult at 45 (laughs) years old and you're going to go to it. And my niece came to me and she said, Uncle Jonathan, I need you to know that seeing that you are still not afraid to go after your dreams gives me the hope to still do that. And well, yeah. yeah. And there's, you there's said no there time going, limit on these things either. No, there's, yeah, no, no. there's no set course. Um, and I thought, you know what? If it taught my niece that, yeah. then I can't be completely a failure, right? Yeah, so absolutely. now it's that grapple of how do we balance society's views on artists and start to accept that it's okay to want these things. Because I, I feel like when you were doing the medical, you, what you did was identify that something is not setting, it's not filling the whole soul. Right. You know what I mean? And it was that moment of, listen, people, we live one, one time. Yeah. So to live it miserably yeah. isn't yeah. worth it. And it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, to do the art that you love is absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. And I do want to say there was a research from the University of Western Australia that says exposure that learned that exposure to the arts for just two hours every week improves mental health and over overall well-being. Oh, sure. Studies are that. showing that. And look, we learned it in pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, it showed absolutely. that we got through saner than than could have happened right i mean so tell me when that moment was for you sir oh gosh so when you found so you know i I grew up pretty lucky so i had my mom was a school teacher and so when you have a school teacher mom she was a kindergarten teacher so i mean so much of the curriculum is like really yeah because your story is so similar to mine as well yeah 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 my mom was a teacher Ah, (laughs) she was mostly third and fourth grade okay so my mom moved up to there eventually but um but anyway so uh so she was a school teacher and so it was always doing little projects when I was growing up. It was always painting. It was always different creative things, uh, building things. And so it kind of fostered in me from a very young age, oh, I like the arts. And I was really good at it. And so every little school project was like, you have to do a book report. Well, I spent like two days making the cover for the book report. 
more so than I care about writing it because I want it to look pretty. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my mom always encouraged that though, and um, it was it was nice too. She never told me this is stupid. So it was always just what made me feel okay. And so but then when I went through high school, then you God, life gets hard in high school. So yes. you yeah. kind of lose Bit. your ability, the hormones and everything. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just kind of lose your ability to be that young kid who loved doing something, and so. You know, my focus turned into studies on things that I had no interest in because I had to for the curriculum. Um, then I had a, I had some sad stuff happen at home, family, and so I got completely derailed from the arts. Um, and then I actually dropped out of high school, um, senior year. Just teachers started bullying; it was horrible. Um, and I lost that that artistic, happy boy that liked to paint and liked to create things um, for many, many, many years. And so then I lived in Seattle. I worked at a car lot. I worked odd jobs. I did a little modeling 40 of, pounds of, ago. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> well, so, so I throw that in there. Uh, but anyway, so then I, I was doing these things that didn't make me happy, and I was just trying to survive because I didn't know what to do. I had no, I had no college education. There was nothing I could do. And then one of my friends showed me a painting he liked. I'm like, I bet I could do that. So I look at it, and I'm like, okay, I can tell what materials I use. I can do this. I'm going to go buy a couple art materials. So I kind of knocked off this painting that this guy did. And they gave it to my friend for his birthday. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me, Matt? You made this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, you didn't, yeah. you flighty idiot. There's no way this <laughs> came from you. And so it was my first opportunity to show something deeper inside of me. And then a few other people were like, hey, Matt, can I, can I get a painting? Um, would you want to represent us for uh, this charity auction thing we're doing? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so... I ended up doing a piece for this auction um, to represent Tiffany and Co. of all people. Right. Wow. Just, oh, wow. But just a really crazy random opportunity because one of the guys at the party was an attorney for them and said, will you represent them? I'm like, if they, what? He's like, yeah, I submitted <laughs> right? you and they chose you. So then I met this gallery owner and it's kind of the same thing. I couldn't have done my career if I didn't meet this guy. And his name is Tom Hunter. He owns a store called Trammel Gagne yeah. um, in Seattle. And he said, wow, I love this. Have you ever done a show? I'm like, no, I... Right. I couldn't even wrap my head around the concept of me doing a show. Yeah. He said, I want to give you your first art show. Wow. So then I went into Tramalgania. It's like $60,000 coffee tables, mm. like $100,000 light fixtures. That makes and me I'm, panic. And, and I'm, I know. No, yeah, so there's a lot of pressure. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? Right? So I decided to move back to Spokane, where I had lots of space to work in the old home I grew up in. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, my mom wasn't there. It was just my brother living there. And, um, and then I did my art show, and it sold. Mm. And... And I was like, How, why did you do this for me, Tom? And he said, back in my day, there was one person that yeah. out of nowhere believed in me and gave me an opportunity. So he gave me that opportunity. I started getting published in magazines. I started yeah. doing great. And then I completely failed. But then I came back online. So, But don't you think you have to? Yeah. First of all, yeah. no one told us how to be artists. No. Right? You, no. There's no book. It's but great like that your mom though, never told you it was stupid. So you at least have the support. But at the end, yeah. it's still. No, but when you lose it, though, like you said, it's like, one person can give you that opportunity and believe in you mm -hmm. and it can change your whole trajectory of your whole entire life. Oh, and so if I didn't yeah. have that one person believing in me at that moment, I would yeah. have never thought this could be a career option for right, me. Right. And, and then when I failed and I came back, I think I truly became a successful artist at about 29 or 30. Yeah. So it was 30 years wow. until that point. I was like, I'm still waiting for my success. <laughs> I'm almost 44. So I'm like, where do I rewind? I didn't say it lasted. <laughs> on the streets. No, but you are a working artist. So yeah, you're, you, yeah. But there's the thing. But it so took till 30 think, to become a, yeah. a, a consistently working right. artist. And so it's right. like, 
my God, how many people have 30 years of their life to wait for the dream right. to happen? Well, and I think the same thing. it could have so much sooner had someone believed in me earlier that, right, that had right. the opportunity. Right. I think what's fascinating is, you know, the medium that you and I enjoy a lot is film, mm-hmm. um, is that the very thing we love, it teaches us that th- we are an extremist society. You You go from... You know, like, we don't understand the working artist part. We're like, wait, when's the stardom part where I never have to worry about... Because the movies and the magic, that's what we... That's what it's taught us. And that's not... And and I still want to be part of that magic. I So growing up, I've done everything. And I've sang in front of, like, you know, 13,000 people. And I have did an album. I did all these things. And someone once told me... They came to me and said, why... What makes you think you can do all of these things? I do a show. No one gave me permission for that. I'm doing the live show. Because I care. And I said, because <laughs> I didn't know that I couldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 no yeah. one. T- so I'm not going to accept the limit. Yeah. I'm not going to let someone limit me. The only person who can limit us is us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to choose never to understand what I can and can't do. Yeah. Is it terrifying? I think doing our art is terrifying, correct? Yeah, because you have to be vulnerable to be, you know, no matter what your art is. Like when I'm writing, it's coming from a place of vulnerability right. because there's stories that I've lived through mm-hmm. or, you know, that I've seen. And it is so scary. You know, every time yeah. I send a script out for somebody, just a friend yes. even to read. And if you hear yes. one person doesn't like it, you're like, yeah. what? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's it, definitely like, oh, Same with painting. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we take pieces of ourselves and yeah. we put it out there, which is why. So a friend also, uh, Mama Ocean, if you're listening, I, oh, I love you I so love much. Mama Ocean. I know. I'll and see her this she, week or next please week. Please tell yeah. her hello. I, I will. went to coffee with her last week, and oh. she's and I I told I wrote her a note afterwards and let her know you're the only person probably who can say what you said. And she said, Jonathan, you are so raw and so vulnerable that I think maybe sometimes you take people to like you let them hurt your feelings when they didn't that's not what their intention was you're assuming that they don't care about you and that and i'm like actually that was the greatest thing for me to hear i take things very personally but as artists because we're so vulnerable and so open we're you know we're like well why why wouldn't you do what i asked that i needed you to do well, that's because people have a lot of shit going on, yeah. you know? And so, but I love that about her. And I said, what's odd is you hope to be that balance at all times. I hope I'm always really vulnerable and raw, but also not like having panic attacks at 2.30 in the morning. You have to find... Well, you shouldn't be an balance. artist, Jonathan. Yeah. I know. Yeah, sorry. Oh, trust Wrong me. Wrong career, babe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all and get I've been doing it for, Yeah, the 20... Uh, it's Oof. been 20 years, and this is what you do. Yeah. I, and I think the reason why she gives such great advice on I that specific... That. Uh, like, I met her on a film set years and oh. years and years ago um, that we were acting in. And so it's, you know, she knows, she knows where that, that sort of fear and that vulnerability yes. comes from. And she is in tune to, exactly. she's, she's done a lot of work, a lot of self work. Yes. And that she can and it help hasn't bring been that. Easy. No, it yeah. has not been easy. And it, it's never easy um, no. when you're doing good work. But I, right. I, I go to, um, she's the light worker that I yes. go to at luminosity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she just has this, this great level of, empathy and knowledge for artists because I think she's been there and she understands and but we need sometimes that outside person right because it doesn't matter how much I tell myself those things I need somebody else to tell me those things oh yeah to make it real right listen now everybody look at me and tell me if my hair looks good (laughs) 
dude. I didn't even brush my hair today, so just calm down. Do you want me to take my hat off? No, I love it. I love it. Um, people like that. Are, she when I met her, she was doing PR uh, for a magazine. Oh, yeah. They were doing a spread on me and my co-host at that time. And what I find fascinating is she is such PR is a very supportive role. I mean, you. So I think that she she doesn't always think of herself as an artist, but just she because is. you're exactly she absolutely. Is. And we need those people to say because no matter how old we get, yeah. you need a person in your life that continues to tell you that it's okay and and yeah, gives course. us that that path like your mom did yeah. when you were younger. And, you know, and also like I've been lucky. The longer you the longer you do something, I've been lucky to get to work professionally as an artist for a while, right? And so yeah. there are certain clients that just make me. The, the epiphany of everything I'm doing. And like you said, just to have a few people tell me, oh my God, you have no idea how much this piece means to me. Yeah. And then like maybe a few years later, like, oh, I just, the light hit it today and I just want to tell you again, thank you Aww. for doing this for me. Yeah. And, and that's not going to be every client. Like you, when we work and we put art into the world, there are some that are going to appreciate it and some that maybe just like having it. So there's stuff yeah. on people's walls that I never hear from ever again. Right. And then there's clients that I hear from that tell me how much it matters. Yeah. And as an artist, so we have to, I guess you have to have some humble pie and realize what you're putting into the world is going to matter, but you're maybe not always going to know that. Exactly. Yeah. Or get to hear that that feedback back, which is why it's so important to have that. Oh, for sure. And that you will never, I think the hardest lesson I learned through the years was no matter how hard you work and how much heart you put into it. You cannot please everyone. No, no of course not. Not everyone is going to love you. Do I want like every person who I ever meet to think, no, people have their, that's how yeah. it works. People have opinions and you have to get, but artists are important. They're important in this world. I do want to ask an interesting question, which is, or do you think that we're taught, uh, we call it commercialization of art. So let's say you do a movie and all of a sudden somebody picks it up and you get nominated for awards. We're taught at some level that you've sold your art out when you are doing successful and you're able to make money and do art, isn't there this layer (laughs) in there? That's like, listen, that's great. But once you're commercial, you Um, should be a little sad. There's this great guy. His name is Richie Culver. And so he does, um, he just like spray paints the most brilliant words onto canvas that are so insightful. And one of his that he did, it's a spray paint. It says, um, Commercial artist drives by conceptual artist in a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact How yeah. funny, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's kind of like, there you go. And to be honest, I, I hate when people say that someone is selling out. What is selling out? Getting a yeah. bigger audience to see your work? It's yeah. a yeah. larger I'm, audience? I like, think a little bit. It's, I'm jealous of you. Yeah, it's absolutely so, of course. jealous. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to call you a sellout yeah. because I'm still trying. Right. When maybe if we supported each other as artists, as queer people, as a community yeah. overall, I think that's why I get accused of being a cheerleader. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I want to be a that, cheerleader. Is that supposed to be an insult? I, exactly. I, I want to lift you up. Right. I want to oh, make God. you. And then hopefully, you know, it, it's the circular thing well, where we help each other. Well, be, but we are taught to take each other yeah. down. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's and especially here in Spokane, honestly, there is in some circles, or at least I, I, I know within the, the sort of film circles, I don't know how the artist circles are, but you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, the same. There, there is this very, um, big sense of exclusive. Ex- you know, I'm a writer and, and, and an on-camera host and some words, just, but, but there's exactly. this idea of like, everything is very, very closed and it's hard for new people to get in. And it's, it, 
like they think you're competition and I'm like I don't know why anybody would think that I'm their competition because right. what I'm doing is not what anybody else is doing right my voice is totally different from what everybody else yeah. in Spokane is doing in film so exactly. why you know why are you shutting me out I am not your competition it's a jealousy thing again you've made you it know? somewhere further than some of the other people that you know in your field want to yeah. And then they project it on you. It happens all the time taught. as an artist. All yeah. the time I get to hear and it. And I think we're taught that from a very young age to, and it keeps us in line. Yeah. Keeps yeah. us in check. But to be honest. It's, and it doesn't help. It's also what drives me. I, I know that, like we talked about a moment ago, like having that one person that believed in me. I have so many people now that hit me up online that want me to look at their work. First right. thing I do is I follow them. Second thing I do is I tell them what I think about their work. And it's never negative. Even if it's constructive, I'll tell them what I love. Constructive is where it's Yeah, I tell them what I love about what I'm seeing. I never tell them what I don't like. I want to support them. And to be honest, most of the people that send me work, they're brilliant. And they just have no idea how brilliant they are. And so okay. being someone our, they look up to, I love Our it. homework, let's send them some of our work because it will not be brilliant when I send it. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll tell you, but this part actually is brilliant, you idiot. So how See, dare you doubt what a beautiful, it. What a beautiful way. Right. Yeah, <laughs> What a beautiful way to do it, to lift up the pieces, lift up the parts yeah. that are, because yeah. we spend whole lot of time in yeah. our lives looking at the negative and forgetting yeah. that oh wait that actually went yeah. pretty good I, I will never be part of someone else's failure but if oh, i can be a catalyst like to help them succeed then i'm yeah. going to be that and so That's even awesome. there's some local artists that 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 have hit me up and um dylan lipsker is an artist in spokane i remember when he first started his career we would talk and i gave him a little advice and he's thriving now and i'm so proud of him and i'm so happy for him and and he always tells me that it meant so much to him that I would take the time to come over and see his studio and his work. But that's like, I, if I had that in my life when I was beginning, maybe I could have gotten started in my art career a lot later. Right. Or a lot, lot earlier. Sooner, yeah. A lot earlier than I did. Because yeah. like we said, it's just that one person. So if someone's going to look up to me and my work, right. I'm so excited to, to lift them up as well. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, we talk about the support, which is so important. And you had this, uh, this came to me when, when you were speaking earlier. And it's the quote, if your voice held no power, they wouldn't try to silence you. Indeed, the most powerful weapons any of us have are the breath in our lungs and the stories we possess. So tell your story. It's this understanding that it doesn't matter if two people are, even, are doing the same kind of artwork. Mm-hmm. The fact that no one's voice is the same. You are the only person who has your voice. I've been told I get voice. a little chatty sometimes. <laughs> you do? Listen, I have a talk show. Right. I know what, I know how that goes. But the, the point is that we, we are more powerful than we understand, that everybody's story has power to it, and it's never going to be the same as someone else. No. So everybody has validity, and we just have to learn that it's okay for you to be doing the same thing. I had this horribly embarrassing situation where I talked to Ryan Tucker, who hosts Lilac City Live, and I talked to him a lot because I'm here and he he works here, and I never put two and two together. I would talk to him all the time, and so he's always been so kind to me oh, yeah. and great. very like excited for what I'm doing, and I realized what I finally realized we both host things we do yeah. live and he, things and i was Saturday like night cinema with me as well yeah. he's one of the other hosts i love him and i, I told him this guy oh he's, he's great he's, he's great he's super supportive i mean yeah oh when i told him i said i never want so this whole time you've been telling me how great i am yeah. and i'm the and jerk you're great. You're yeah. great. and then i'm thinking i never once looked at you and said i really appreciate your work so i look like the jackass <laughs> I'm like, well, thank you. Yes, I. Yes, I am. If you want some but tips, I'd be happy to give you some. 
He's brilliant. Yeah. And it's those things. But I will always support another artist. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I will always, because if we lead from insecurity, yeah. that's when the world falls apart. We can't afford to do that because all we're doing is yeah, and, and especially emerging artists are in a fragile state. And so if they don't, yeah. if they don't, you know, get the ability to, to go on some trajectory path and at least start doing it, who knows what they might never get to contribute to the world. Right. You know, like no one starts out in the Guggenheim. <laughs> right. But some of us will right. end up there. I mean, you, you know, could be like a and docent. So who knows? Or, you know, give tours. <laughs> Is it, wasn't Ross a docent? I, I think so, yes. yeah. Yeah, he was. Which that show has not aged very well at all. <laughs> oh, <it>. no. It, <laughs> it makes me sad now. When I watch yeah, it, I'm I, like, I oh, cannot watch it now. It's so painful. I'm like, oh, I've got my own friends oh. now. I don't yeah. need yeah. Exactly. I don't well, need you know, friends. You I got my own couch in a fountain. <laughs> you mentioned society. Arts and music education programs are mandatory in countries that rank consistently among the highest for even yeah. practical things like math and science. Of course. And these are these are countries like Japan. Mm -hmm. These are countries like Hungary. These are countries like Netherlands. They put such an importance on the arts when all we think, we're trained to think Japan is just a bunch of nerdy people who all they do is work hard and work on computers. No, the fact is they're good Have at what they art? do. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And the fact that they're that good because Japan is saying, we need you to focus on art because it helps your mind. And, and the art, when I go to Art Basel in Miami, you get to see a lot of the Asian art. Um, and my God, it is profound how technical some of these things oh, are. Yeah. They do mm -hmm. yeah. some of these these things. Like one guy, he folds up rice paper into geometric shapes and puts hundreds and thousands of them together to create these three-dimensional things. Yeah. And so the fact that art is even more fostered by by learning mathematics and, and learning other right. skills. Yeah. It all is interwoven. And so that's why you see such incredible, technical, beautiful, precise art. Exactly. Because they're combining some of those different things well, they're taught these, in school aside from just creative things. Some of the things you look at, like in the Netherlands, some of the things that you will see that cre that come out of that. Are I gorgeous love that blonde. it's because... <laughs> well, that. It's because I love yeah. that they are so... They're from countries that know the... the the value yeah. because yeah. you know that there's not one state in the u.s that feels like they all feel they're underfunded for the arts in their oh, schools yeah. and they are and they are and exactly so why do you think that we are taught to we mentioned it a little bit earlier we are taught to have a rivalry between the jocks and the and the artistic people when don't you think almost like we're placed purposefully can't in those? you be both Right. Exactly. Exactly. I play football and I paint. I, <laughs> you know, I think it's part of that capitalist mindset that we have here is that that somehow our worth as humans are dependent is dependent on you know how much money we make at a job and. Exactly. Yeah. And for artists, that's not the goal. I mean, I would love to have money. You know, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm telling you, I got four kids. They're like all adults now. Like I would right? love money. But that's right. not why I do what I do. I do it because exactly. I I have to because yeah. all these stories are inside of me, and if I don't get them out, I will go crazy. Yes. Uh, but that's very counterintuitive to the capitalist system. And that's ex I mean, you nailed it right there. Now I know a lot of people already are now calling me a socialist, right? Well, the camera. I know, the and I love all the fans. Yeah. But I, because I get called this outside of this show, communists and socialists, and I think it's in the labels that we get lost. Yeah. Like what we're saying is we have to decide what our value is, and it doesn't. Those values don't have a label on them. Yeah. Those values is we need to be better. And I mean, doing research for the show, just seeing the amount of studies that were done on the importance of having art in your life, even like I said earlier, two days a week, yeah. and how it can change yeah. your whole world. The 
and look at uh, look at Greece and look at Rome. I mean, let's go mm. ancient. Look yeah. at the Aztecs. Look at the things that survive the most and touch people the most and art. draw them in into wanting to know more about mm-hmm. those cultures is the art that they left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's Absolutely. how you can tell the yeah. heart of the people that were yeah. back there. And that's Absolutely. what we relate to. It's it's funny to me that people are so nearsighted, like especially you know the powers that be that deny funding for these different arts programs. Right? Do they not listen to music? Right. Yeah. Do they not go to their favorite restaurant and have the yeah. meal of their life in the mm-hmm. most beautiful atmosphere on this incredibly designed chair right. in their beautiful clothes they just got at Neiman Marcus? Like, do they not understand the you like this stuff? This is what makes the yeah. world beautiful and worth mm-hmm. living and fun. Yeah. How you don't want it to exist for the next generation? I feel like there's a like control how, yeah. aspect. Don't you feel like? I feel like I, not ever. I don't want to keep your laws off of my art career. Yeah, but I do feel like there's a control thing. How do I control? Because what's the thing about art? We uh, we tend to be out of control, quote unquote, because we're following oh, the muse. We're following yeah. the heart. The muses right? have taken, them. and it's hard. What do you think scares the scares the powers that be? Is right. I need to control that, yeah. and mm-hmm. so that's why we'll have. Uh, We'll have fights about the freedom of speech in art. We'll have fights about, you know, where funding goes. Because if you look at places like Rome, who it was about the gladiator, you know, they wanted it more about that than the art. Uh, It's the same thing right now. Let's make it, I can control a gladiator much easier than I can control a Michelangelo. If you you haven't brought up with emotions, you're going to be harder to control. So what what brings emotions to people? Art. Every single form of design. I mean, even mathematics is an art form. Like, these people... That is. Have There's you so seen a beautiful things. mind? Yeah. I could never do that, and yet it's wow. It is yeah, beautiful. I, I have friends yeah. that are fighters. It's an art form. Yeah. They have to literally learn to study and figure out their opponents. I mean, there's right. so yeah. many things that people don't tie to art, but without it, you wouldn't have pretty no. much anything. You wouldn't have anything. Yeah, anything. And the, this ugly table I'm sitting at wouldn't even exactly. be here. Exactly. <laughs> and this uh, this availability no of of enjoying the world around us. If art wasn't accessible in a in a culture, that culture would die. Yeah. You know, right. th- we have seen that time and time again. And every culture, no matter even how structured it is, they survive if there is an art. Because art is going to find a way. It's like yeah. the flower and the cement sidewalk. It's going to find a way because we have to find yeah. that way. Well, even utilitarian purposes. Like, okay, so I have to make sure that I can craft this bowl because I need it to carry water from right. the stream. Right. So someone has to do that, right? even if they're not thinking of it as art. Yeah. But then someone's going to go, okay, why not make it, I don't know, this looks kind of pretty, so I can do the same function, it looks a little better. Right. And even things like that evolve. And so everything is art. Yeah. <laughs> so art. I mean, and that's the truth. <laughs> I, follow, uh, I follow a guy on Instagram who, basically all I do is watch him create things out of clay. And I don't know why I'm You're so fascinated. fascinated. Yeah. I just am like, that's because I know I can't take this look and make it. it look like anything. Right. But I appreciate. I watch the beauty influencers and like on YouTube painting. Like right? I've never, oh, yeah. I've never done drag. I've never worn make. Well, no, that's a right. lie. I've worn a lot of makeup before, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe not in a drag way. Like right, right now, I look amazing. Right? No, but uh, it's I'm fascinated by other art forms I get to yeah. watch. Well, when Love I look it. at, I'll talk to my brother. Is super straight, but he's so supportive of me, and we will have the discussion about like RuPaul's Drag Race or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, when I look yes, at a queen, <laughs> yeah, when I look at a queen, I see uh, someone who's doing an art form. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you'll and have a all brave, these, brave yeah, art form, and too. you'll see all these people trying to tear it down or say ugly things. But I'm like, they don't matter. No, yeah. no. how could you not? 
And here's the other, I once wanted to do a photograph where it was a beautiful drag queen against the gray, uh, a building being torn down. So you have mm. the wrecking ball because beautiful. art is, a lot of these queens have been through a lot. Oh, oh yeah. And they chose, especially back in the day, yeah. uh, like the 60s and the 70s, they have chosen to create something beautiful out of pain. Yeah. They've chosen to create something that makes them feel alive out of a world that tells them they should be dead. Yep. That's what art is. I want to support that. I want, plus, my favorite thing about art, which is why I have a talk show, is I want us to talk. I want ideas to sprout out and I want us to have that discourse because we don't have it anymore. We yeah. don't. And that's where society begins to live and to change. Yeah. And it's, even in my own career, I found, you know, over the years, my mental health has probably taken a real nosedive because it becomes so isolating. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think any artist would understand that part. But, right. Yeah. But now it's kind of just accepted to be isolated and no longer go to a restaurant while DoorDash come yeah. and oh, yeah. I'll order everything online. And so you kind of combine that with art and really and becomes kind of lonely. And so 2020 it, taught needed. us to be self-sufficient. Yeah, and it's needed to, to be able to have these conversations for artists, for people that are curious about art, for those that don't like art, just yeah. to be able to speak about it's wonderful. And so. I think those people don't understand what art they like. They mm -hmm. think these are the only art forms I'm allowed to like. Right. Because I don't think there's a person on earth they like their who doesn't like something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They just don't understand where that art is. I uh, was on a podcast once years and years ago, and it was, I, I forget what it's called, but it was basically about, it was for artists, and it was about when do you know you have to go back to the well? And I knew as a writer yeah. and as a, as a singer and as, as, as uh, wanting to film things, you have to have things that inspire you. I am yeah. always thirsty, Jonathan. Yeah. Right. I will tell you. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> right? On so many levels. Um, <laughs> but it's true. And you have to know where your well is. Yeah. And you yeah. have to be able to understand. Because I, uh, listen, it's changed through the years. But I really like being home and not being out. But I also Same. know if I don't make time. To connect with people, yeah. I would not, I would be dead inside. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to grow and then be like, oh, that's a great story. I want to tell that story. Totally. Or, you know what I mean? We need those. And as an, okay, so as a writer over here, this mm -hmm. is your dream and your love and your, what is that for you? Uh, spite. So uh, basically every, every time somebody tells me that I'm not good enough or I can't do something, which happens a lot here, right. um, specifically, uh, it, uh, yeah. it encourages me. So I know I talked to Jonathan about a music video that I had yeah. um, show 2021. It was part of a competition and one of the judges refused to acknowledge the queerness of it, which shocked me because I was like, it's 2021 and, and like yeah. queer erasers like hopping right to me in my face and like nobody said anything. Yeah. And in, in, and it was a room full of like arts leaders in Spokane and nobody said anything and everyone was in that room and I left uh, because I was r rightly pissed off about it, right. but nobody yeah. ever said anything to me afterwards. Nobody apologized to me despite all these leaders being in that room and I'm like, Either you are all so blind that you didn't understand what happened there, which I doubt, yeah. or you just don't understand what that means. And, and one of my uh, straight friends was like, oh, well, you should write the, you know, the people who, who didn't say anything. You should write them and tell them. And I said, why? Why is that on me? Yeah. They were right. in the room. They saw it happen. 
they they chose not to say anything and it was you know a queer based project and um because of that, I, I was like, well, guess what? The next project is going to be even yes. gayer. Yeah. And it is going to be so flaming gay that it's yeah. going to irritate yes. those yeah. people. So I, I really do run off of spite because it's like, oh, you you do think it. I can't do this or you yeah. don't like it when I do this? Yeah. Fine. I'm going to do it bigger you and know better. You know that moment where, and I have this moment way too, way too often, where I want to be like, tell me that I can't. Right. Tell me to my face yeah. that I can't. It's a really good motivator for me. Watch me. It sucks though when it comes yeah. from a place like you probably feel this is a safe space I, for creativity and for my art. And so it's nope. the last place you would ever expect to have that happen. And th- which and that really was, hurts. That, <laughs> yeah. that that was yeah. the thing is that to be fair, I hadn't directed anything in Spokane for years because I'd really been working on my screenwriting career and I've been writing and, and being published in things. And so I thought, oh, okay, you know, I haven't done anything for a while, but this will be fun. And it was fun creating the project and everybody I worked with was amazing. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. This is an art space, right? You know? Um, Yeah. And, and then it wasn't fine. And I was like, wow, like um, here in, you know, and again, this was 2021, like here in 2021, I, I can go into an art space in Spokane and not only not be supported, but like literally have my, my queerness and the queerness of my art be erased right in in front of my face and like it it just it 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 just like it made me mad for a little bit but then it inspired other things and it inspired a script which we were talking about earlier it inspired another music video project which i'm working on with a queer uh femme artist which um will actually i don't want to talk too much about it uh but it's amazing but it's very exciting it's a very amazing song we are going to be premiering it during the month of pride and we're going to be showing the music video and having a panelist of uh queer individuals and and music (laughs) right uh so you know that and that's what that's what i do is like oh okay so you don't you don't want me to create queer art here well guess what i'm gonna make it bigger better and then i'm gonna you know we're gonna um you know collaborate and that and that's the thing too is that i i love collaborating with other artists yeah i think i get much better work when i i'm collaborating with other people and so with this particular project i was able to you know the the musical artist had approached me about doing a project and i was like oh but i have an idea let's let's do this thing and she's been amazing and like you know, we, we have all these mm-hmm. queer individuals who are going to be a part of this right. music video project and I'm excited for it. But so like if anybody doesn't like that, I guess we're going to go even gayer the next time. Thank you. So Thank I'm almost kind of wanting like somebody to <laughs> to like give me some pushback on that when yeah. we do premiere it, because like then I'll like go full Little Nas X. Right. Like, oh, yes, please. Like yeah. I'm that. I'm really close. <laughs> it's so amazing for going Little Nas X and going, oh, you don't like you're offended by this. Well, how about this? <laughs> yeah. And then but now the whole world's like, OK, rooting him on, like go Little Nas X. Yes. Right. So exactly. kind of he totally inspires me i mean here's this young black man who is embracing everything that who he is and and i really i look up to him as unapologetically yeah Yeah. and 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 he does that like oh every time you know somebody puts him down he makes it gayer he makes it more fabulous and 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 more uncomfortable for those people and i love that he does he carries it with kindness too yeah yeah yeah. and support yeah it's beautiful it's such a it's a beautiful thing to see someone that gets to use their voice but then also shows them 
Look, I'm also a very yeah. kind person. Because then you really want to root for it. And I, owns I, themselves. Oh, doesn't let someone mm-hmm. like edit them. I date Someone him. came to me. Oh, <laughs> a, a, handsome, few handsome boy. a few things. Um, <laughs> someone came to me, and they're an artist, and I absolutely I, I love their art form, and they're so good. And I was shocked because it's like they didn't realize they had permission to be okay knowing they're amazing, right? Mm, and yeah. I said, and they said they didn't feel like they had the right. I had this person write something oh. for us, and uh, he didn't feel he had a right to call himself a writer. And I said, let me te- so, let me tell you something I learned a long time ago. Don't wait for someone else to name you. Yeah. Name yourself. Name yourself. Say it out loud. Say that you're a writer. Step into that room like you already own it, mm-hmm. because you're the only one that matters if you accept yourself. And we need to learn, especially as queer artists, to be able to stand up. Because you know what, society's not going to tell us nope. it's okay. And you have to stand up and say, you know what? I'm a filmmaker. I'm a writer. I'm a singer. I'm a performer, because that is who I. Because we know who we no. are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to name myself before you ever say anything to me. Because the room, I always tell my friends, straighten your crown, straighten your crown and walk into that room because that's your kingdom and it awaits. Don't let yourself be taken down. We all must, and is it terrifying? We all know as artists, absolutely terrifying. I'm terrified every day. (laughs) Right? I tell Kurt every day, what if uh, we show up on the 25th and it's me and five people? Well, listen, I've been at this game a long time. You do the same show. Yeah. But you, I'm still really hoping. Please don't let it just be five people. But, <laughs> but you know, you do it Trust. and you name yourself and you just show up as you are. And mm. artists, I think that is our job in society is to teach the society around us that we have a right to show up mm. as we are. So as queer artists, we do have responsibilities. The thing is, this has been like the biggest surprise of my whole year is that, so I'm unapologetically gay on my, if you follow yeah. my Instagram, Ooh, I'm having fun. I have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, but my art has transcended that. And so this was my year of the female. I sold maybe 90% of my work went to women. And, nice. and not just queer women. Yeah. It went to like conservative grandmas and like these Christian women in Ohio. And like, and they all, they all started following me and love my spirit. And I'm, yeah. I guarantee, and then I've supported my artwork. And it's been amazing to reach a demographic that I least expected to allow me to be completely yeah. queer and open about it and then also find beauty in my art. And it yeah. helps them find beauty in my soul and helps them find beauty in queerness. And mm-hmm. then my big, I hope that they, then they're spreading that to the other yeah, right. queer influences and stuff they have in their life. Before and I think they any are. preconceived notions of what uh, they were supposed to like or not mm-hmm. like because it's from a queer artist, they connected to the art. And then it was too late. Yeah. That's yeah. the joy But it's of funny art. though, I, I get so much hate from the gay community. Oh, you just, uh, you have to take your shirt off and I bet only, only men buy paints and they want to fuck you. I think that's gay like, community Maybe is. some of them do, but this is my year of the straight female and queer female and uh, I don't think they want to fuck me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I have said a million times that we were very shocked about Sorry, our... fudge me. I should have radio appropriate <laughs> voice. No... I was going to say, they, they can bleep it if they yeah. need to. Yeah. Oh, in that no... case, fuck! There's there's no FCC in this room. Um, There's an F-U-C-K, though. And one of the things that was fascinating to me when we did the holiday card photo shoot, and I've said it on the show before, is we didn't understand. We were having a good time. We knew. But it's people told us what it was. And straight, middle-aged, white ladies started sending me emails. They found a permission in our body positivity Mm -hmm. of John, who is this Adonis, and Jonathan, who is this bear, 
they found a permission in it and a comfortableness that they would write me and say, can I please, can I share this with people? How wonderful yeah. to reach someone Beautiful. so unexpected, right? So unexpected. And, and what and it, it plants did for a seed. us it is does. we realize, well, and I always say a project tells you what it is. You can do it and, and present it, but in the end, it's not yours. Art, yeah. We give art away. Yeah. And then the people who are viewing it and taking it in and tell us what it is to them. Yeah. That was what the most shocking yet most beautiful thing was, is to have people react in surprising, unexpected An audience ways. you didn't even think you no. would be able to reach. And yeah. it was helping people do what, what we all are trying to do, which is just love ourselves a little right. better. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we were talking earlier about, you know, um, especially in Hollywood with film and television, yeah. you know, even even when we do show queer characters and stuff, they're often very traditionally attractive, very yes. traditionally yeah. thin. And then um, is it Sam Smith? Yeah. Oh. So they just released this yes. amazing music video and they are not a small person. Right. No, no. Nope. And and they are sexy and dressed sultry. And, and it's an amazing music video. It's but called Glorious. So everybody look it up. It, yeah. and, and so, you know, people were obviously dogging on Sam like, oh, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be so like this. Many. And it's like, oh, because a queer fat person offends you. Exactly. So because Sam decides to be unapolog unapologetically queer, yeah. unapologetically bigger and yeah. enjoying that sexuality that really offended a lot i of saw people. someone come out and say we love these two big artists um oh actor singer harry uh styles yes we show harry is doing the same things but yes. we accept harry because he is culturally beautiful yes we want him to continue then, to do then this but then beautiful. you have the hate that i saw sam smith get Okay. over what he did and yet if it had been the other way and so what it is is how do we not take away from harry and right. yet how do we support sam like both these men should be able to do what they're doing but how dare people try and they came hardcore hate yeah. for sam smith just the grossest thing you've ever seen oh, yeah. another yeah another recent queer thing um do you guys watch the last of us oh i so, haven't yet i want to oh, so i have issues Oh, with the episode three? Yeah, not because it there's a yeah. queer storyline. It, it's very yeah. beautiful. But my question is, is are queer actors playing those roles? One and, is, and one isn't. And this one is isn't, right? And and yeah. so, you know, and, and HBO, this show has a very big platform. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I understand the argument. Well, you know, acting's acting, and you should be able to act. But right. you know what? As good as the um, the role is, you yeah, know, it, but with Nick, in Nick Offerman's defense, so he wasn't—he never identified as queer, I think, until right. that moment happened. And so he, when you—I read an in-depth thing about it, and he said the acting felt so real because I was literally going on this journey with this man yeah. for my first time because I've never is, kissed another man, I've never done that, and so right. it kind of made it feel so real. But he was so open. This is what is fascinating, and I love him too. Like yeah. this as conversation is a constant yeah. on this but show write, alone. Writing, representation yeah. is. It talked about a lot of we talked last week so, we yeah. talked the week before and that is a valid and what we're and so we that's why we need to keep talking because well, that that's is why a I want to see more statement. queer writers get the platform but they, to, but see that's what we need though they're not giving I mean they're not giving they're it, not giving the platform and like I recently saw but look them, how like, powerful it was when when finally we got a big main show so but but here's the other thing too is often when we do see queer representation it's generally men. Yes. Yeah. So yes. to be yeah. a queer femme, sure. and, 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 and when queer femmes do get storylines, guess what? They're almost always traumatized and brutalized. Yes. Because that's the yeah. only way we can exist. And it's in only these in these independently not well funded projects. Right. That happens a lot. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, you know, and it, you know, it's, it's frustrating. And, and I, so I saw recently in in a group, it was a Facebook group or whatever. And there was this straight white male director and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm directing this new movie and it's about a queer femme and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, that's, that's great. Was your writer? No, the writer was a straight white dude. And it's like, I. Wow. <sighs> like Jared Leto and Dallas Buyers Club. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, hard. How do you uh... write for a voice that you, how, you, that you like don't they know. Can't, I mean, no. here's the thing. Like, um, you know, when I see straight writers writing for trans characters, I'm like, how on earth do you know what it actually feels like to feel gender dysphoria? Because it's yeah. different yeah. from body dysmorphia, yes. right? Because yes. we can all, like, we all have, like, a little bit of body dysmorphia, right. you know, depending on our size. Yeah. But that gender dysmorphia is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. How on earth do you think you can accurately capture that without having oh. experienced that? Because exactly. that is a very intense you know you speak to any trans individual and like it is a huge process it is huge yeah all these people on set to understand that that well and at the same time to stand in a space and think that you have a right to speak for something we have this talk a lot we have this beautiful hilarious comedian that was he's such a sweetheart that he was so worried what gives me the right to come in here and write for a queer guy's voice and i said because the queer guy asked if you wouldn't right. mind. But I said, that's why we come into a room every week. Right. And we we toss around ideas and we create it together. It's not like you're just standing out there going, I'm all right for queer people. So, right. You know what so I mean? I've, I've, He's not doing it on his own. Exactly. He's doing it yeah. in the room with a bunch yes. of queer people. Because when you do a writer's room, you know, yeah. which is for television, film yeah. is, is a solo is a, project. I know generally, nothing about but, it. <laughs> but for TV series, you know, you're in a writer's room. And I think in a queer writer's room, it is important to have, you know, at least one straight person in there because you're getting that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, just like how you need to have women in your writer's room, you need to have BIPOC individuals in your writer's room because their perspective, no matter what your show is, will be valuable. Yeah. And when we're feature writers, we don't get that. We write by ourselves. Maybe maybe have one writing partner. Yeah. But generally it's the work of one person. And I just I just always kind of question it when that person is straight, when I'm like you know, I'm a queer writer and I'm over here and like people aren't like, it's hard for me to sell my scripts, you know, and I've had scripts, you know, pitched at Netflix and A24 by producers. I've had people attached to my scripts, but it's hard to get those scripts sold as a queer writer. And I'm like, and and every day I'm like reading deadline and there's like another straight white dude who's brand new to writing, who like just fell down the street into yeah. a producer's lap or something. I don't know. Right. But, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm like, hi, yeah. hello. And I tell people this all the time because I would love to live in a world where labels don't exist right. and we don't need uh, representation. But the fact but, is but they do. we are but not, we do. We do need yeah, yeah. we are not, you know, uh, we are not going to have that while we're alive. You right. know what yeah. I mean? Right. Um, and I, I want to say, boy, I always love talking about this stuff because I could talk about it for the next few weeks, <laughs> for the rest of my life. I will life. need a bathroom break if we're going to yeah. be here. <laughs> right. And so we do have to wind down for the show, but I, these are the conversations I want to continue having. Just, I'm telling you, you wouldn't, I don't think there's one show that goes by that we don't have to talk about representation yeah. because it yeah. needs to be talked about. But that's why we come into a room and say... We need to have these conversations, and how do we have them? It's why you watch. It's why we get letters, and it's why we continue to do the work that we do. So I, I want to thank you both for the art that you do, for putting your uh, energy you. out okay. into the world. I can't wait we to need check a lot more. Art. <laughs> right? We need a lot more of it. Yeah. And um, and I have to say, for that surprise in Pride, 
I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be amazing. We also want to just remind you that you can catch our show every Tuesday. You can watch it on video. Uh, all of our beautiful faces, or you can catch the audio version of the podcast every Tuesday at thequeercentric.com. And I want to remind you, next week is the sex show. With, Whoa. Why with, weren't we in the show? I know, I'm a I'm saucy little mix. I know. <laughs> our very we own... We will just show up. Exactly. And we'll find a mic for us. Exactly. Our very own, uh, we love him to death, <laughs> Damon L. Jacobs. He is a relationship therapist out of New York. He's also the author of two books. We've known him for years. He is willing to talk any question you have. Nothing is off limits for him. So please tune in next week when you can listen to him and get his advice just just in time for Valentine's Day. Learn all the sex questions uh, and answers that you want from a professional. So there you go. So remember, everybody, we love you tons. Look for everything that we do uh, on our website and support your local artists. Okay? Until next time, bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Oh, where's my camera? Oh, where's my camera? <laughs>